church and this has been really cool uh, for our whole uh, body of New Life Community Church is that in that we're all typically this is the way we do messages but typically we're all on the same page we're all doing the same series uh, we're again it's one church and so we're preaching the same things typically on Sunday mornings what's been cool about this series is that we've been wanting to uh, as we talk about what does it mean to be God's church what is the church supposed to be about We've had different, uh, the New Life pastors have been rotating amongst different locations. And so um, kind of circling around and what's been awesome is that our church locations have been able to hear from some of the different pastors. Pastors are able to see some of the different church families and what's going on there. And just uh, to be able to kind of uh, celebrate the reality that we're one larger church. Um, the location that I was assigned to today didn't need me. Um, and so uh, uh, how, how does that feel? No. Um, they're doing a uh, combined service with different churches in their area. So it, it wasn't like it was because of me. Uh, but uh, so I'm here, but I was, uh, Pastor Henry from Merrill's Park was uh, scheduled to come. And I didn't want just because I wasn't going to be where I was supposed to be for you all to not be able to hear him. And so really excited. Uh, Henry's been part of our team for a while and just really appreciate uh, he's bivocational. And so to be able to work uh, the job that he has and pastor on, on top of that. Uh, just the dedication and the time and the energy he puts into serving the Lord in our church. Uh, he's just a great guy, great man of God, and really excited that you get to hear him this morning. So let's welcome Pastor Henry as he comes. Amen. Praise God. Since Bobby's here, I could go, right? Bobby's here. It's good to see Bobby. Will you join me as we pray? Father, I bring nothing. You bring everything. Father, set me aside and let your word go forth, transforming lives. Holy Spirit, have your way, moving in hearts, moving in lives. And in the end, we will give you and you alone all the praise, all the glory, all the credit. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of today's message is Jesus, the Cornerstone. The Cornerstone. Listen, without Jesus, there is no church. We're going to be camped in 1 Peter Chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. And we're in the midst of our series, as Pastor Bobby said, one church. We're one church. I love being part of New Life, been part of New Life for 13 years. I love the diversity. We have 28 locations besides our global churches. We're different. We have different backgrounds, different ethnicities. We live in different communities. But we're one church. One church. We're also not in competition with other Christian churches that preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. If they preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, preach the word of God as is, we're not in competition. They also are part of the church. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? I'm looking at a room of brothers and sisters in Christ. This is my first time seeing you. This is your first time seeing me. But in Jesus, we're a family. We're one. We're one. Today, we're going to focus on the importance of three key areas as Jesus being the cornerstone, the living stone, the rock. Point one, come to Jesus and become a living stone. 
being built up into the spiritual house, his spiritual house called the church. We're in 1 Peter 2, verses 4 through 5. And this is Peter speaking. He says, as you come to him, to Jesus, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Listen, the main point here is to come to Jesus. Come to Jesus in order to become a living stone and part of his church, the church he is building up for his glory, his worship. It's all about God. At the end of the day, it's all about God. Jesus is the living stone. He's the chief cornerstone and the foundation of the church. And if you're a Christian of our lives, we just heard the worship team. One of the songs, I, I remember she was saying, if you have no foundation, when the storms come, and they will, they will, you won't stand. You won't stand. But if you're built on a rock, on Jesus Christ, when the storms come, you will stand. Because Jesus holds us up. All Christians individually are living stones through Jesus. But together we form a spiritual powerhouse called the church, the body of Jesus Christ. This is God's house. Listen, this building, it's beautiful. But this is the ministry center. I'm looking at the church right here. I'm looking at the church. When we come together as members, as believers in Christ... We make up the church. Jesus is both the foundation and the head of the church. Me and Pastor Bobby are little pastors, but Jesus is the pastor, the shepherd. This is his church. Together we form a spiritual powerhouse called the church with the goal, with the goal to bring worship and glory to God. It's not about us. It's about him. Everything's about him. Listen, before Jesus came into our lives, before you received Jesus as Savior and Lord, and I did, the Bible says we were spiritually dead. We were spiritually dead. There was no spiritual life in us. We were existing, but we weren't living. He says this, God says this in Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 2. He says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live, past tense. And then he drops in verse 4 and he says, But because of his great love for us, God's love for you and me, God who's rich in mercy, he made us alive in Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, Jesus gave us life. Through Jesus, we've been made spiritually alive. Once upon a time before Jesus, we were dead spiritually. Dead spiritually. There was no spiritual life in us. But when Jesus came in, oh, that day. You remember that day? You might not know the exact day, but there has to be a time where you heard the gospel of Jesus. You believed and you received. And you said, Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner. I'm lost. And you believe only Jesus can save me. Listen, this is not about religion. Religion's man-made. This is about our Christianity. It's a relationship with God. 
God the Father, and the only way we get to him is through Jesus the Son. That's it. There's no other way. Peter invites us in his first point, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. In verses 4 and 5, as you come to him, to a person, not to a religion, a person, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, a spiritual powerhouse for the glory of God. Listen, and the key point that Peter's making that's coming across in this, these two verses is come to Jesus. Come to him. We come to him once for salvation. Once we're saved, we're always saved. Eternal security. When we sin, we don't lose our salvation. We break fellowship with God until we repent and get right with God. But every day we must come to Jesus as Lord and God of our lives. Lord and God of our lives. Come to Jesus. Be built into a spiritual living stone so you can be part of God's spiritual house, the church. So that we could then offer him, we could be a holy priesthood, holy representatives to God on God's behalf, offering spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to him. Some of you are in college, some of you are in the university, and you're there to get an education so you could have a career. career. Praise God for that. Some of you are in the marketplace, and you're providing for your families. Praise God for that. But you're not just there for a job. You're not just there for an education. You're God's man, God's woman on the spot. You're going to come across students, fellow students that don't know Jesus. And they're going to come across you. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? You are here because somebody told you about Jesus. Somebody told me. Somebody stepped out of their comfort zone and said, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you what he did in my life. Just share your story. Share your story. Keep it about Jesus. Keep it about Jesus. Just share what he's done in your life. We are the ambassadors of God. When you step into the college, the university, when you step into the marketplace, your job, in your neighborhood, you're representing God. You're going to come across broken people, lost people who have no hope. And we have hope. We have Jesus. Listen, when you have Jesus, you always have hope always have hope. There will be times in your life and mine, and I believe the Bible teaches many times when all you have is Jesus. Jesus. But when you have Jesus, in those times you realize he's more than enough. He is more than enough. He's my foundation. He's the chief cornerstone. He's it. He's it. Listen, as we feed, as we come to Jesus, and as we taste the goodness of God, the kindness of God, as we feed ourselves upon God's word, get into the word and get the word in us, and as we feast on God's goodness, when this happens, we're united with Jesus Christ, and then we become living stones. Jesus turns us into living stones. He's breathing life into a spiritual life. He's building us up. And he connects us to his church, his spiritual house and family. And he continues to build his church, 
Build us up. We're part of a church. There's no Lone Ranger Christians. Remember Lone Ranger? Even he had Tonto, right? He had Tonto. If you're laughing, you're dating yourself, you know? And I'm dating myself. He had Tonto, right? Everybody needs somebody, but we all need God. I need you. And you need me. And you need Pastor Bobby and pastoral family here. And we all need Jesus. We all need God. Without God, we are lost. We're lost. Listen, let me ask you, let me ask you, has God been good to you in your life? Have you tasted the goodness of God? Listen, I love life. I, I, I'm married. I'm blessed with two daughters and two beautiful dogs. I, they're like little kids, little furry friends. I was going to bring a picture. I have American, uh, American bulldog mix and a beagle, beagle boxer, and we treat them like kids. And we baby them. I'm being honest. We baby them. And they're part of the family. You know, if my life were to end today, today, I hope I have many more years. Only God knows. I don't know. Only God knows. But if my life were to end today, I can testify, it's been a good life. It's been a good life. Not that I haven't gone through things. I lost my dad at a young age. I've been out of work. I've gone through stuff, storms. But God was always there. He was always faithful and true. If my life were to end today, it's been a good life. I could testify it's been a good life. It's been a good life. How about you? Has God been good to you? Do you understand the depth of this? Do you understand that every good thing, every good big thing, big blessing, every small little blessing has come from above? From the Father of lights, it says that in James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Everything. Are you single? Do you, you have family? You got parents? You got siblings? Blessing. They're not, maybe they're not perfect. Neither are you or me. You have a house? You have an apartment? You got a car? You got a job? You married? You have a spouse? You got kids? You got a dog? You got a dog. We're dog people at Hernandez. We love dogs. You know all dogs go to heaven, right? You do know that. I don't know about cats. I don't know. No, you know what? We have any cat lovers here? Any cat lovers? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bobby. Please don't rebuke me. I'm sorry. Cats are a blessing too, right? They're little friends. They're part of the family. Every little thing, every big thing, every small thing has come from who? God. God. The Father of lights. They're a blessing. They're a gift. He loves us so much. No one will ever love you and me more in life. As much, I hope you have a lot of love around you. I hope you have a lot of love. Here at this church, you have love. You have a pastoral family that loves you. You have a church that loves you. But besides all that love, do you know that God loves you more? He's crazy in love with you. Do you know that many times when we forget about God, never once does he forget about us. If that doesn't blow you away, if that doesn't humble you to say, who is this God? Who is this God of the Bible? I need to get him known better. I need to get, him known be get to know him better. Listen, we should crave and hunger after God, after his word. We need to get in the word and get the word into us so we could grow up spiritually, grow closer to God. He says in verse 3, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now, 
Come to Jesus. He says in verse 4, he follows that up. I love, I'm a foodie. Do we have any foodies here? I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie. Me and food, we get along. Obviously. I know. You're like, pastor, you got to work on that. You know, you got to go to the gym. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But you want to know about food? I'll tell you Mexican food, Italian food, Puerto Rican food, Chinese, Japanese. I love food. And if I go to a restaurant and the food's good, what do I do? I tell my family and friends, hey, you got to try this restaurant. Or you got to check out this movie. It's a good movie. If I could do that with lesser things, can I tell them about God, about Jesus Christ? Can I tell my friends that don't know God, my family that doesn't know Jesus? You got to taste Jesus. You got to taste God. Wow. Listen, Jesus is the source of our spiritual life. He is it. He's the living stone. And when we come to him, we become little living stones for God. When it comes to the church, every believer is a brick, a little brick, a little living stone. We're described by God as living stones that he is building up into his spiritual house, the spiritual temple called the church, his church. Listen, and God did not save us to be spectators in the church, but to be participants. I'm looking at a room full of talented, gifted people who have been gifted with spiritual gifts by Almighty God. Everyone has a gift. Some have more than one, depending on how God wants to use you. And he wants you to use your gift in his body to reach the community for his glory. So see Pastor Bobby afterwards. If you're not serving, I encourage you, serve. You have something. You bring something to the table. Listen, once upon a time, we were spiritually lost, but Jesus came in, and he gave us a new life, abundant life, eternal life. It's a brand new day. If there's anybody, anybody in all of life that each day should get excited about waking up, and wow, it's a brand new day, no matter what we are going through. It's the Christian, the believer. Listen, we have God with us. God actually goes before us. And we're never alone. And no matter what we are going through, including death, God is bigger and greater than anything you and I will ever face in life. So what's the problem? We serve an amazing God. Jesus put it this way in John 10.10. And I have to hurry. The thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. If you don't know Jesus... If you don't have a personal relationship with him, you're just existing. You're not living. You're going through the motions. You're not discovering real life. Only God gives real life, spiritual life, eternal life, abundant life. Let me ask you, as Peter invited us to come to Jesus, have you invited your friends, your family, uh, school friends, uh, coworkers, people in the neighborhood, that they may be nice? They may be good people, but they're not saved. They don't know Jesus. They may be religious, but they don't have a relationship with God through Jesus. And you are God's witness. You are God's representative on the spot. Listen, come to Jesus and become a living stone being built up into a spiritual house, spiritual powerhouse called the church. Point two, believe in Jesus. Build your life on him. And you will never be disappointed. 
You'll never be disappointed. Let me repeat that. Believe in Jesus. Build your life on him, and you will never be disappointed. I've never heard a person say, I regret following Jesus. I regret following God. I never heard a person say the good things. I, ne- I regret being a good dad or a good husband or being there for my kids. I've never heard that. I've never heard a person say, I regret accepting Jesus. I've heard many people say, I regret not doing it or not doing it sooner. I wasted so much time, so many years. I could have done so much. Look, we're in 1 Peter 2, verses 6 through 8. For in the scriptures it says, See, I lay in Zion a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him, in Jesus, will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, Jesus is beautiful, he's it, he's everything. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And the stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Wow. From positive to negative. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Listen, the main point that Peter is saying here, the main point, don't miss this. If you trust in Jesus, the cornerstone, and if you build your life on him, you will never be disappointed. You'll never be disappointed. That doesn't mean that you will have an explanation for the hard times in life. He is God. We are not. He is God. We are not. God owes us no explanation. No explanation. Listen, if you trust in Jesus, the cornerstone, if you build your life on him, you'll never be disappointed. It's going to be a great life. Not a problem-free life, but a great life. The cornerstone was the main and one of the most important principal stones used in construction in ancient times. Many times it was the biggest and strongest stones. It was used to guide the other stones. In the same way, Jesus is the cornerstone of the church, the foundation. He's the head. He's the foundation. Jesus is it. Listen, without Jesus, there's no church. No church. Mm -mm. No church. But with Jesus, as the foundation, as the head, he has his church. It's on the rock. He's the rock. He's it. He doesn't change. He's immovable. Listen, it was the biggest, the strongest, the most important stone. Jesus is the most important person in his church. You know, there's only two groups of people in life. There's only two groups. Two groups. There's believers. Those who've heard the gospel believe. And they've received Jesus as their Savior. They trusted him one day. Are they perfect? No. Do they still struggle with sin? Yeah. Beginning with me. Beginning with this guy. We all do. And then there's unbelievers. There's non-believers. That they hear the gospel. They hear about Jesus. They hear the word of God. And they choose to reject him. They choose not to believe. And to try to find a different other way to heaven. There is no other way. There is no other. Let me ask you, which are you? Do you believe or do you not believe? Have you received Jesus as your Savior or have you not? Listen, when it comes to God, there's no maybe. Have you ever gone to a wedding? I've gone to many weddings. I've only officiated a few. Have you ever seen, what do they say? Do you take this woman to be your wife? It's either I do or I don't, right? 
right? I'd love to be there to hear, I don't, just for the drama, just to, it'd be hilarious. No, I don't know. That'd be mean, that'd be mean, right? The bride be crying in the corner, it'd be sad, you know. Have you ever heard a groom say, oh, maybe? What, are you kidding me? There's food waiting, come on, say I do. Say I do, let's get married, let's have the party, get the dance going. It's either I do or I don't, I do not. It's either yes or no. The same thing with God. Either yes, I believe, I receive, or no. Where are you? Where are you? With the Jesus question, listen, the cross demands an answer. The cross demands an answer. Every day, each person throughout the world will be confronted. They will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they got to make a decision to receive him or reject him, to believe or not believe. There's no middle ground. Listen here in this passage, Peter's quoting an Old Testament passage that was repeated in the book of Isaiah twice. It's also repeated once in Psalm 18. The prophet Isaiah said, put it this way in Isaiah 118.16. He said, so this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone, the stone, in Zion. A tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it, on this stone, will never be stricken with panic. The one who relies on it, on Jesus, will never be stricken with panic. Listen, following Jesus, you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live with anxiety. You could trust in God. Listen, you could trust the unknown future to all-knowing God. I have no idea what I will face tomorrow, this week, the next. No idea. Neither do you. God does. God, he's already there. God's not confined by time. You and I are. Not God. Listen, Peter ends verse 6 this way. In chapter 2 of 1 Peter, he says, the one who trusts in him, in Jesus, will never be put to shame. Wow. Will never be put to shame. Listen, verse 7, he says, Now to you who believe, to the believers, to the Christians, the followers of Jesus Christ, this stone, who is Jesus, is precious. Beautiful. How precious, how important is Jesus to you? How important is Jesus? How precious is it to you? Listen, if you trust, and the main point that Peter is making here, if you trust the living stone, the precious stone, the cornerstone named Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, you will never be disappointed. You'll never be ashamed if you stand on this stone, build your life on this stone, build your life on the rock on Jesus, put your faith and trust in this stone, build your life on him, love this stone first, put him first, seek him first. No storm you and I will ever face in our life will destroy us, will blow us over. We might get knocked down, we might get beat around, but we will stand because we're standing on a rock, on Jesus Christ. You might be there right now. You might be in the midst where all, well, on the outside we're looking at you and you might be smiling and you look like everything is going okay, but inside all hell is breaking loose. But you're standing on Jesus. And you will be sustained by God. You will stand. It doesn't mean we're not going to face problems. We will. 
But every, every day, every person in life has to decide what they do with Jesus. Will you make him the cornerstone of your life, the foundation of your life? The cross demands an answer. Listen, God challenges us today to put our trust, to come to him, put our trust in him, build our lives in him. I'm looking at a room full of a lot of young people, a lot of young people. And you're here. You're here. And you're here for Jesus. For God, you know you need God in your life. Without God, we're lost. Oh, but with God, it's a brand new day. Watch out. Watch out. Listen, and I love the next part we're going to look at. talks about our identity in Christ. Listen, Peter switches gears. And in verse 7, he says, But to those who do not believe, those who don't believe, this stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Listen, just because people choose to not believe in Jesus doesn't make him any less true. It doesn't take away from that. It doesn't change God's salvation plan. It doesn't change God making Jesus the cornerstone of the church, the foundation, the head. Jesus is it. If you reject Jesus, if you choose to not believe in him and follow him, you're going to stumble your way through life. And if you die in that state, rejecting Jesus, you'll miss out on heaven. Miss out on heaven. Let me, listen, that's why Jesus said in John 14, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes on the Father but through me. You know what Jesus was saying? I'm the only way. I'm the only life. I'm the only truth. Apart from me, you don't get to God, my Father. My friend, this is not about religion. Religion's man-made. It's about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Do you have Jesus? You're watching online. Do you have Jesus? you have Jesus? If not, you see me or you see Pastor Bob. You see one of the leaders. We will pray with you and lead you to the cross. You might have walked in here alone. You could walk out with Jesus. Brand new life. Listen, life is hard. The older I get, you know, the harder it gets. Life's hard. And if you're married and you got kids and a job and problems and things happen, things break with the house and the car, life doesn't get easier. It gets harder. Listen, life is hard as a Christian. It's, it's hard just having Jesus in your life and walking with God, with God. Without God, without Jesus, impossible. 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 That's why you see a lot of non-believers running to addictions, alcohol and drugs and other things and other obsessions because without Jesus in their life, life is impossible. Build your life on God. Build your life on Jesus. That's why, listen, we need to be totally 100% on God, dependent on him, God dependent. Jesus put it this way with the disciples. He said in John 15, 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. You know what nothing means in the Greek? Nothing. You know what it means in Spanish? Nada. Nada. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing big. Nothing small. Listen, we need God for everything, even to breathe throughout the night. Who, ke who keeps watch over us at night when we sleep? God. Who keeps our body functioning correctly? And breathing properly in the oxygen levels. God. Listen, C.S. Lewis has said, we can all serve God. We all serve God inevitably. But it makes all the difference whether you serve him as Judas, 
Where's John? How are you serving God? Are you serving God as Judas? Where's John? Listen, Jesus is the foundation. He's the cornerstone. He's it of the church. But is he the foundation of your life? Are you building your life on him? Is he number one? If not, you won't stand when the storms come. And they will come. They will come to all of us. It's just part of life. As the worship team comes forward, we look at our final point and I have to run. Our final point. Find your new identity and life purpose in Jesus. Verses 9 and 10. I love this. He's talking about our identity in Christ. Peter says, but you are, key phrase, you are, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Listen, we were called out of spiritual darkness into God's wonderful light, into a new life. That's why we're called New Life Community Church. We got a new life in Jesus. Listen, once upon a time, we were not a people, but now you are the people of God. We're the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. Listen, the main point Peter is making here is we have been given a new identity and purpose in life through our personal relationship with God, the Father, through Jesus' Son. Our new identity in Christ is we are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, a new creature in Christ. It says that in 2 Corinthians 5.17. We're more than conquerors. You're more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. We don't have to be conquered by what we're going through. Jesus already conquered it. Listen, he says this in Romans 8.37. Listen, we don't find our true identity by looking for ourselves. You ever hear people say, I left my family, I left my marriage, I left my kids. I'm trying to find myself. Some people go to Alaska or there's a show I watch called Below Zero. I don't know if anybody watches it. Maybe I'm the only one that watches it. Maybe that's why the ratings are so bad. In this show, people go out there to survive. Some of them go to try to find themselves. Find themselves. You don't find yourself by looking for yourself. You see God first, and he tells you who you are. He tells us who we are. Listen, in verse 9, he says, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. God has called us out of spiritual darkness into his wonderful light. It's a new day. It's a new life. Listen, if we live for Jesus and follow him, he's going to help us all the way until the end. And if we die, he's taking us to heaven. So what's the problem? What's the problem, church? What's the problem? Listen, John 17, 15, Jesus, when he prayed for the disciples, he said, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one who is Satan. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Listen, as Christians, we're not of the world. We are not part of the world. We live in the world, but we belong to Jesus. We are God's people. He says you are God's people. Listen, you got to know who you are. You have to know your identity. Without identity, you'll be lost. Our identity is a game changer. It's a game changer. I'm a diehard Bears fan, and it's been rough. We got any Bears fans here? Maybe just a few. Okay. 
At Melrose, we have two Packers fans. Play, pray for them, that they see the light. We have one Dolphins fan, and the rest Bears fans, Bears fans. We wear our jerseys when the season starts, and it's been rough. You know what we're looking for in players? We're looking for a game changer. We're looking for a, a special player that will sack the quarterback, score a touchdown, make an interception, someone to make a play. Listen, our identity in Christ, that's a game changer. That's a game changer. It changes your perspective, your outlook on life. Even when things go wrong, you know God is still good and he's still in control. Even when your world spins out of control, God is still in control. He's sovereign. Nobody like him. Listen, I love this. You have to know who you are. We are witnessing a culture. We're looking at a generation of many people who are suffering through identity crisis. They don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. And if you don't know Jesus, you don't know God, you're not going to know who you are, which way to go in life. Listen, Peter says, he says first, you're a chosen people. You're a chosen people. You've been chosen by God for God himself. Listen, you might have been rejected by people, rejected by family. Maybe, you're, maybe even your dad walked out on you. Maybe you've been rejected and hurt by human love. Oh, but God chose you. The hound of heaven came looking for you. God chose you've been chosen by God and for God. You've been chosen by God. Wow. I was always that kid, you know, like when you're growing up in the gym and, and they're picking teams, you know, I was and they always pick the worst athletes at the end. I was that kid, you know. And, and it felt bad. You're like, man, and obviously I got over it, right? Obviously I got over it. But God chose me. I'm here because God chose me. He chose you. You're here because God chose you. Listen, you're a royal priesthood. You're a royal priesthood. Listen, when you're a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, you are representing the King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus. You are representing heavenly royalty. Heavenly royalty. That's why we can't do everything that the world does. We, you know, we, when we have to choose to sin or obey God, we got to obey God. We can't go everywhere and do everything the world does. We don't belong to the world. We belong to God. We're representing him. Listen, you're a holy nation. He says, you are a holy nation. You know what the word holy means? Be separate, set apart unto God. We have been consecrated for God. Listen. We should be good citizens. We should respect the laws and be good abiding citizens. But if a law is passed that violates the principles of God, you got to stand with God. I'm not saying disobey the law, but we are God's holy nation. We're God's people. Listen, you are God's special possession. You're special to God. Listen, Jesus didn't die for nobody. He died for somebody. He died for you and for me, and he rose from the dead. You are God's special possession. You belong to God. We belong to God. Listen, we are the people of God. We're not just anybody's people. We're God's people. I love the way the Apostle Paul put it in Romans 8, 31 through 39, when he was describing our identity in Christ. And he asked a question that nothing could separate us from the love of Christ. In verse 35, and he speaks boldly, confidently. He knew who he was in Jesus Christ. He knew. 
And he asks a question in verse 35 of Romans 8. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship? And then he goes on to describe a number of things. He says, nothing in the physical realm, nothing in the spiritual realm, not say, not the demonic forces of darkness, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And then he ends with a powerful verse, verse 37. He says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You're more than a conqueror through Jesus. You're more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. When you're going through stuff, remember, you don't have to be conquered by your circumstances, conquered by whatever you may be going through. Jesus already conquered it. He already battled it on the cross. He rose from You have the victory. We don't fight for victory. We have the victory. Many times we don't experience the victory because we revert back to dealing with life in the flesh instead of following the Holy Spirit, instead of following God's plan. With all heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you're watching from home, just bow your head, close your eyes. I'm just going to pray a blessing over everyone. If you've never received Jesus and you want to receive him as your Savior, I'm just going to ask, just raise your hand. I'll pray with you. Raise your hand. If you just want to be restored back to God and you want to just build your life on him, just... This is between you and God. Let's all pray together in unison. You at home watching. And if you prayed and you need more prayer, you need to speak to someone. Contact Pastor Bobby or someone here, and they will reach out to you. Let's pray. Father, I pray, God, have your way in our lives. Help us today to build our lives on you as a foundation, the cornerstone. God, we're a mess, but you're, we're your mess. We give you everything. We give you our lives. And in the end, we'll give you all the glory, all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, New Life Lincoln Park. The worship team's going to close us out. Feel free to stand as we sing this last song.